I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I bet four hours of sleep is plenty. Calm. We talk about the musings of parents with nighttime anxiety with Meg Kant from Bebo Miha. Plus, Biz did an experiment. Woo! I have a, not a genius, and it's not mine either, but it's just a proud mom moment. Ooh. My nine, almost ten, just like in a couple of weeks year old um she was reading to me last night and then i said hey do you want to just chat while we're reading like instead of read for a little bit and you just tell me about your day or what's going on and she kind of talked to me and then i just said you know i'm really thankful that you talked to me because you know i'm always here to listen with whatever you have going on in your brain and your mind and your heart whatever it is i'm always here and then she looked at me and she told me how she was really worried about a kid in her class because the kid's friend left today, so she was leaving the next day, for a month, and they're going to Greece, which is really cool. But anyways, she was worried about this little girl in the class because she doesn't really have any other friends besides the one who's going to Europe for a month, and a lot of the kids in her class are being really mean to her, really? and like they yell at her a lot and they make fun of her and they just do things they know will irritate the friends. And I said, well, well, do you stick up for the friends sometimes? But I'm really worried because I don't want, because my kid doesn't want to ostracize. So we had a great chat about what it means to be a good friend and what it means to look around and see people treating a friend poorly or a kid poorly in your class. And is, is it okay to sit on the sidelines? And we chatted for a long time because she's struggling with that I'm being a tattletale versus I need to help my friend. And so we chatted about how she could be the friend for the kid for the next month <laughs> while her best friend is away and all the ways that she could help. And I was just really proud of my kid for talking to me about something that she didn't, I think she knew some of the right ways, but she was <laughs> concerned from a relationship standpoint with her other kids in her class on what to do. And I'm just proud of her because she didn't do the perfect thing, but she's doing the right thing and chatting with me so that we can come up yeah. with a good solution for her. And now I'm going to have a conversation with her teacher after school to let her know about what my kid is seeing because she's seeing some really mean behavior from some kids in the class towards this little girl. So, yeah, that's my check-in and woo. It's not a genius. It's not a fail. Uh, but it's also not a rant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you are doing a great job, Biz. We'll completely miss Teresa, but you have done a great job holding down the board. And thank you. Bye. You are doing a good job. You are doing it. So is your kid. This falls squarely in the requirements of a woo check-in. Okay, your kid is doing a good job. 
I know that we don't ever want to claim that as a genius, but I do think we do because that is a reflection that you have created an environment in which she feels safe to talk to you. And good job offering that as an option at the at the end of the day. And you know what? It sucks being a kid. It's fucking really hard. And I myself have had to go through moments where I've been like, you will stand up for other children when you see them. And then I'm like, eh, maybe that's a little too much pressure on a six-year-old. <laughs> but now they're 12 and now I expect action. Actually at their school, my kids are at, they call it being an upstander. And I just heard that expression. And I thought that expression was a really good idea that it is okay to not let stuff slide, right? And even if just having this conversation with your kid helps your kid be even just a little braver or even just say to their own friends, eh, I don't think that's that's cool what you're doing. I, like, I think that's a big achievement. I think every step we take in encouraging our kids to be quote unquote upstanders makes a difference. And I think you are setting an example for your child to know that they can come and speak to you about these sorts of things. You're doing such a good job. And I am so glad you checked in and you should feel incredibly proud. Okay, speaking of pride, there is almost nothing more prideful. I don't, guys, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just want to try and get to the thank yous. Everybody, I don't want anybody to panic, but the school year is coming to an end soon. <laughs> this affects some of us. It doesn't affect all of us. But again, I want to take a moment to say thank you to teachers and to administrators. Nope, we do not get along with every teacher we encounter. Nope, same with administration. Nope, same with many people who work in the school. But I think Everyone has come across at least one person they know is trying to do their best. And that is the person to say thank you to. So I am saying thank you to you. I know it's hard. You're dealing with a lot of opinions from parents. <laughs> we have opinions. And we like to see things from one side sometimes. Or we might take the information that little Timmy is giving us completely at face value, as opposed to maybe investigating it some. Am I going through maybe something at my school? Maybe. Anyway, all of that is to sort of point out how much I recognize all that you were doing. Masks are coming off left and right. That's probably not something you're super comfortable with all the time. And you have a lot of people to take care of. And I appreciate you and the work that you are doing. I really do. Now, quick check-in from me. Guys, I did a little experiment. Are you ready? Because I love science. Everybody knows this. My experiment was to see how many jelly beans are too many jelly beans to eat at once. I would like to report my findings. The answer is a whole bag. <laughs> so sick. Oh, I just kept shoving it in my mouth. I was just like, oh. And not, not even one at a time, like just whole handfuls. I think of all the candy holidays 
still celebrating Easter candy holidays. I just, they just, these little jelly beans never go away. I have to put them somewhere. And my mouth is where we wound up. In no way does that segue into what we're going to talk about today with our guest, the lovely Meg Kant, about some of the things that she has noticed comes up a lot in parenting communities in terms of concerns. And here's one we're all familiar with, sleep anxiety as parents. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. I am very excited today to be welcoming Meg Kant, who is the best friend you always wanted. Oh, we're going to put her to the test. (laughs) She is fun, approachable, feminist, ding, ding, and a world-class listener, (laughs) which is good because I don't ever shut up. When she is not navigating the wilderness of motherhood, you can find her working with the amazing team at Bebo Mia Inc., an online global maternal support training organization committed to bringing joy back to parenthood. Good luck. I know. Welcome, <laughs> Meg. <laughs> Welcome, Meg. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I really like that I did a gesture where I put my hand up to my mouth to say, good luck, like a jerk. And I, I think you thought maybe I was going to go, woo! I don't know, but I was, we were gesturing yeah just goes to show you a similar gesture can mean many things totally totally meg before we get in to several things today before we get into trouble who lives in your house so i have i live in my house with my husband max Good. max <laughs> i have two kids gibson and miller they're six and five and i have a cat named emmy all i ever want to do is talk about the cat <laughs> How old is Emmy? Is she a pretty girl? She's such a pretty girl. <laughs> she's a pretty girl. She is a pretty girl. She's such a pretty girl. And she is, we actually don't know how old she is. Good. We adopted her, Angels. but she's the d- most delightful. Actually, funny story. How we came to get this cat is that they fat shamed her in like a, like a post. Like they, no. somebody had posted like, oh, if you're looking for a pet to help you keep up with your New Year's resolution to lose weight, and this cat also needs it. And I live in a fat body and I'm like all about body liberation. So I was like, absolutely not. You will not oh, fat shame this cat. You are not fat shaming a cat. How do you fat shame a cat? Why would you do that? I know. Cats she, yeah. Or yeah. we call it being voluptuous. Oh, yeah. Our cats are voluptuous or they are big boys or <laughs> they are as well, I was just talking with another person the other day they have a voluptuous cat and we were saying that it's I think it's fair to just insinuate that they are part mancoon <laughs> that's how that works they're cats I love it it's- that post yeah. and now yeah. I'm mad yeah I wasn't having it we went and got her that day Oh, I, was I like, bet. I you bet can you live your me. best fat little life with me, you beautiful, <laughs> <Yeah>. beautiful thing. <laughs> I love it so much. All right. First, I want to ask about Babo Mia Inc. There's a lot of language on that website that is, it, it may or may not have existed a hundred years ago when mm-hmm. I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's a very nice website. Oh, I think Everything you. sounds like it's okay. 
<laughs> okay. Right? Like, right. it's okay. Let's don't freak out. Yeah. Right? Like, so talk to me about what you guys are doing over there. Yeah. So Babel Mia, so like you mentioned, so we're an online training organization who were just like committed to changing the world and making birth not this like really terrifying thing. And also like our students go out and do such magical things in their communities. They're supporting folks, keeping people safe in hospitals and in the birth space. You know, they're like going out and seeing if people have perinatal mood disorders, helping people get support. And it's just like this global community, which is actually bananas. So we're in 36 countries, which is wild. 36 countries, because when you said we're trying to stop this fear, I'm like, well, then get up, get out of this country. I know, I know. Because we really like scaring the shit out of specifically women yep. and their bodies. So we sure do. 36 countries, that's unbelievable. Like people from all over the world are like coming and joining in on the community. And we get to hear about what birth is like in Egypt, what birth is like in Australia, New Zealand and India. And so we have all these people that are collectively so passionate about essentially protecting people who identify as women as we're moving through our fertility journeys, our birth journeys, our postpartum. And it's just, we just want to uplift everybody and stop shitting on women and making... Stop shitting on women. Stop or making them feel like shit for being a parent. Right? Yeah. Could you just make your tagline, stop shitting on women, <laughs> people who identify as women, stop shitting on them. Yeah. That'd be remarkable. Here's a question. You guys do training. Yes. And I guess there are multiple types of training. Talk to me about, there is one that's for sleep. What does that mean? Oh, and yeah. when you take the classes, is it like a badge? Do I get like a, <laughs> do I get a card that I like, I show up at people's doors yeah, and knock on their door and like, I'm not obviously. Are you relaxed? Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. We give out badges. We send them out in the mail. They're shiny and gold. And like... <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, so we have two sleep programs, but our, our, we call it our bigger sleep program. It's called our Infant and Family Sleep Specialist Certification. And it's created by a neuroscientist. We have a neuroscientist named Dr. Greer Kirschenbaum who works with us. And essentially, okay. this course is laid out to be like a nurtured sleep revolution because there is so much information out there when it comes to infant sleep Yeah, that we're not getting like research, evidence-based information and doctors and family members and everyone is giving information around infant sleep, but like it's not all research space. It's like often like personal preference or mm. practice space. Yeah. Dr. Greer Kirschbaum, she's been working in mental health for over a decade. And she's like, we need to really talk about infant sleep and talk about how this like nurtured sleep revolution can impact so many areas of our life, including mental health. Yeah. My mental health went to shit when I wasn't getting any sleep. I mean, yeah. my, it, it was like, it, you know, we had a starting point already there, right? Yeah. I ran yeah. to a woman the other day at school. She had just had a baby maybe three weeks ago. So I'm like, why are you here? But anyway, <laughs> that we all, we're all there when it's the second kid. Yeah. You're, all, <laughs> you're, all, you're in the car line 
no one gives two shit about your recovery when uh. it's your second kid. <laughs> she has that like glazed look, mm-hmm. right? That you mm-hmm. have for like the first year where you're like, you do look like you might be broken. So I said to her, how are you sleeping? How are you sleeping? And she said, you know, it's all right. And I was like, well, that's not convincing. And she said, I, I can, I can, you know, I'm all right on a couple of hours of sleep. And I said, I was also okay on a couple of hours of sleep until I was making pasta and the water was, bo- everybody knows the story. The water was boiling and I was looking at the boiling water and all I saw were eyeballs. And I said to myself, that's not okay. I cooked the pasta anyway, but I turned to Stefan and I was like, I, I don't think I am okay at the moment. And it was, it was so clearly tied to exhaustion because it's not just sleep. As you know, it's not just the lack of sleep. It's the like emotional and physical demand on just because you were laying on a couch with a infant, a newborn on you, you're not resting. No. Like, that's not rest. You're no. not recovering or like filling your bucket. More is going away. And so I actually would like, as part of what you guys do, what is the view on adult sleep? Because when the baby is sleeping, we always say, if you need to sleep in the bed with your baby so you can get some sleep, sleep in a bed with your baby. Yes. If it's sitting in a car seat with one foot off the edge of the bed, right? Like rocking it while you are asleep. I don't care. Just wait. That's your sleep, right? Yeah. Get your sleep. Yeah. So talk to me about uh, how unsafe that suggestion was. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's so interesting is I saw an analogy the other day comparing... Yeah particularly in North America, so in Canada and the States, the pediatric professionals do not recommend bed sharing. So bed sharing Mm -hmm. is when Mm -hmm. you're sleeping in the same bed as your baby. They do recommend co-sleeping, which means having the baby in the room with you. Yes. However, so upwards of like 60 to 80% of parents are bringing their babies into their bed at some point during the night. Yeah. And so it's even if that's at that like five o'clock in the morning where yeah. they've like slept in their own thing, but all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I need that last little stretch. Still oh, bed yeah. sharing. So yeah. what we feel is appropriate is to <laughs> give people the information to bed share safely. Right? Uh, what? It's, what? No. What? Just whatever Meemaw or Grammy said is probably reliable enough. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and then whatever recent horror... I've seen on CNN, I should also take into account. Yeah. Those are the only <laughs> things that you need. That's Those it. are the only Those two things that I need. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Talk to me. Tell yes. me. So yeah, somebody likened it to talking to kids about safe sex. Oh, like telling kids not good. to have sex. Yeah. Is not an effective <laughs> sex education. <laughs> they're going to be going and they're going to be having yeah, sex yeah, as yeah. teenagers. But I think I said kids. I mean teenagers. I get, well, teenagers. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so telling parents not to bed share yeah. is, is essentially the same thing. And so we're not giving them the tools to do it safely because there are actually ways to do it safely. And outside of North America, like there are millions and millions of folks that bed share. And that is like the norm within their cultural, the culture that they live in. 
Yeah. So it's really just like us. And so anyway. <laughs> it's always just us. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but so it's interesting, though, because the reason that we call it infant and family sleep specialist is because you actually can't really talk about baby sleep without in considering the parents. But I will tell you, it has been forever. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. mean, I'm not sure we've ever talked on the show specifically about our own sleep. Yep. We've only ever talked about our children's sleep and being sleep deprived. Yes. It's not just the fact that we need sleep. It's the fact that sometimes I remember not getting sleep, even when my kids were sleeping through the night, mm -hmm. not getting sleep because I thought I could always hear them. Like I was always ready yeah. to hear them. Yep. And so I could never get to sleep. Mm -hmm. Even yep. even now, Stefan was just in the room and now he's leaving. Even now, when Stefan is watching a movie, I realize that my anxiety about the noise of the movie is because I'm scared it's going to wake my youngest up. That's correct. And I will have to go in. I want to go in. I want to be in bed. Go to bed. Yeah, please. Everyone, so, shh. Everyone, shh. Everyone, we're just really quiet and still. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's, we put so much pressure on parents. Like, there is, like, this really big discussion around the idea of, like, a good baby, right? If, oh. if your baby sleeps really <laughs> well and they baby. feed well and they're happy, then you've got a good one. What the fuck is a good baby? <laughs> Sorry. Like, all babies are good babies. so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And so parents, one of the like markers of a good baby is that it's sleeping through the night. And so just oh. in case anyone isn't aware, sleeping through the night is actually defined yeah. as five hours of consecutive sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Seven to seven. It's not sleeping like a 40 year old. <laughs> right. And you think about all of our own like sleep issues, but yet this child who's never experienced life <laughs> mm -hmm. is just gonna nail it They've they're gonna it. nail it <laughs> right out of the bat we should have really high expectations right so parents can get so um focused like really hyper focused yeah. on the infant sleep and it actually can be a marker i work specifically so within babomia all of us are birth workers as well so i specialize in working with parents who have a perinatal mood disorder or they're mm -hmm. at risk of developing one and not sleeping when your baby sleeps is actually like a good indicator that maybe we we might need to get some support in place like if our if your anxiety is that high yeah. we talk about sleep i find as adults now as like something that we can move around right we're like i can do on a little bit of sleep i can <laughs> do with like less than whatever but food water sleep right are the main things that we need for survival as humans. No, I can survive. Isn't it funny that the expression is actually, I can survive on a few hours of sleep. Yeah, yeah, realistically, it's not something that we should be bargaining with, right? Because sleep is like such an important part of our wellness. I, I yeah. Meg, I don't know if you know this, mm. okay? I'm gonna lay some facts on you. Do it. We are responsible. Mm at all costs to ourselves, to make sure that our children have perfect <laughs> sleep. And if we don't, we will be deeply shamed all yeah. around us. In mm -hmm. fact, the first question you should ask somebody is how is your baby sleeping? Not yeah. how are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. How is your baby sleeping? Yeah. And then 
be prepared to listen to that person tell you that they've got, quote unquote, a good baby. Mm-hmm. And, so, mm-hmm. and that is what it's supposed to be. So I am not sure. I'm so sorry. I misunderstood. I, okay. I guess it is okay. No, just... It's okay. We're here to help. <laughs> thank you thank you i didn't realize that that was yes. the way yes no. uh, we're all fucked up so we know that check. excellent excellent uh, sleep mm-hmm. is completely the disaster mm-hmm. check it is an unfair question i guess i don't want to ask you any questions about fixing because i don't think fixing is a thing that anybody should do but what i do want to hear is all the stuff that i've probably beaten myself up about for example that baby's only a full night's sleep is only five hours mm-hmm. right like that's that's some key information <gasps> that can take away a pound of guilt right yes, yes. i need more of that okay okay <laughs> so there there are lots of them so the bed sharing one yeah, is a huge that's a one, good one too that so many parents are bringing their baby into bed if we are ashamed to say it because we will be labeled a horrible, bad parent, then we will never seek the information. And if heaven forbid something does happen and you need to pass the information on to a doctor or caregiver, you leave something out for fear of shame. Like that's, there are a lot of repercussions from not being told all the details, right? Well, plus okay. then we like live in this shame spiral shame. where we think it's just us. And it's like this shameful thing that we do in the yeah. mornings. We bring our baby in yeah. and when we go out and we interact, well, with COVID, however you're interacting, you right. know, that you're not sharing that because you're like, well, I don't want to be judged. I don't want somebody yep. to think I'm a bad parent. And people who identify as mothers, we're getting the shit end of the stick a lot of the time anyway. Yeah. So we're like, I'm just trying to do my best and I really don't need any additional shit on me. Right. So I'll never tell anybody about my life and we will all go on perpetuating the myth that everybody is perfect and anything imperfect is a sign of us being monsters. Monsters. Yes. yes. Monsters. Perfection is the the bar. So if you're not reaching it, then, you know. Yeah. Like get your shit together. But no, and it's just so interesting that if we are not sharing it. And so many parents, so when you hear, this is something I hear all the time, all the time, parents being like every single person I know on social media, their baby is sleeping through the effing night. And I'm like, cause you want to know why the people whose babies aren't sleeping through the night are not posting it. Yeah. They're They're not being like, I'm drowning. Guess what? Yeah, I'm drowning. Well, come on over to the One Bad Mother Facebook group where 24 hours a day, we're constantly posting about drowning all the time. But you're right. It's it's like in any situation, the loudest voices aren't always the majority voices. Yes. Not always. Lots of times. The loudest voices are the majority voices. (laughs) But in, I think in situations like this, especially when there is guilt and judgment involved, mm-hmm. the ones on Instagram and Facebook, they're also probably lying. Nah, you're not wrong. It, it could be. And you know what? I was just thinking about it too, like thinking about things that I hear from parents all the time. Yeah. Is if you're the person that's lying in bed at night and yeah. you're, you know, you're lying there and you're like, okay, it is 1 a.m. I know mm-hmm. that that baby is waking up at 6 a.m. 
Yeah. Okay, if I fall asleep right now. Right now. I can get five hours of sleep and then an hour goes by and you do this all again and you do this all yeah. night long. You are not alone. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I was, that, no. that's normal, right? <laughs> um, I think it's not, you're not alone and you need sleep. So like we might yeah. need support. Okay. And you're not alone in that. And like this countdown of sleep, I also want to just validate is that there can be performance anxiety around sleep. So if you go yeah. to bed and you're like, okay, I need to sleep right now. I'm dead tired. <laughs> and you wait for the sensation to sleep. Yeah. Like it's so hard to fall asleep. You can't make a baby sleep. You can't make a baby eat. Those are the two things you cannot make them do. Are you sure? As adults, we can't make ourselves fall asleep if we're actively thinking about it. <sighs> so it's really, really hard. That is really hard. It is it really is hard. It is really hard. That sucks. I actually, I wanted to only talk to you about sleep, but I actually realized we haven't had a good old-fashioned conversation about mental health in a while, besides mm. me just blatantly talking about my mental health on the show. Excellent. And you are using language that... I have not heard because I'm now older, and <laughs> <laughs> which is the cause of many things I haven't heard. But right after having kids, it was postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And that was it. I mean, there was also postpartum mania or postpartum anxiety. And all of those things were essentially lumped in with postpartum mania, which is what I believe they used to call it. Yeah. And postpartum mania is where... You know, there are the really tragic stories of, you know, uh, people driving into a lake, right? Like if I were to ever mention that I was depressed or feeling or seeing eyeballs or not realizing I wasn't calling my second kid by their name ever, just referring to them as the boy, <laughs> like yeah. lots of things. Yeah, that I now know are totally normal, right? Like, well, not normal, but you know what I mean? Like, I know that those are signs that. I'm not a horrible person, that those, yes. those were like signs yeah. that you, you need probably some support. Yeah. But at the time, if you talked about it, though, I am happy to talk about it. So mm -hmm. I, when I say if you, I'm doing the collective and in lots of communities within our own country where mental health is not respected or taken seriously. If you tell somebody, they're going to think that you are at the most extreme end. Yeah. Which is, again, deeply unfair. So <laughs> say again what you focus on. Perinatal mood disorders. So perinatal mood and that? anxiety disorders. What is that? That sounds so nice. Yeah. Well, it's the worst. Having them as shit. Hey, right. And... <laughs> <laughs> mentioned because what we see a lot of times unfortunately is like in media yeah we see postpartum depression or any kind of perinatal mood disorder portrayed as postpartum psychosis which is the right. postpartum well, mania it, yeah. mania sorry psychosis i apologize yeah. to everyone mania is i i know that that at once was a term but psychosis is the good thank you Mm -hmm. for, yeah, for so so like the shift to the perinatal or mood and anxiety disorder, I think is to capture more because it can happen to people when they're pregnant. 10% yeah. 
of people when they're pregnant will have a perinatal mood disorder. I had it. And it was horrific because yeah. I didn't know that antenatal depression was a thing. So yeah. I was just here crying every day, not sleeping. No, I, that's like, normal. What? It's your ba- it's your burden as a woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Not normal. Not normal. Not, oh, not normal. Not, I shouldn't, we shouldn't, I don't, he already hate, I heard the, I hate the word normal also. I do too. Let's, um, not optimal. It is not optimal. It is not, you're right. It is not that, optimal. Okay, everybody, everybody get out a piece of paper. We're making a note. <laughs> but today, that the brilliant Meg Cat has reminded us or suggested that we don't say normal anymore. We say <laughs> not optimal. Which I think is actually the greatest thing I've ever heard. We can go. end the show right now. Not op- optimal. Now I've said the word so many times, it doesn't sound like a word. <laughs> Not optimal. You got it. You nailed it. Thank well, you. <laughs> right? And it's so hard for parents to, like you said, about, especially in communities where mental health is still not talked about. Anything to do with women's health in particular is already pretty down the shitter. So when we add in any, you know, additional layers, so like if somebody's living in an equity seeking group, if they live rurally, if they have a a mental health disorder versus a physical health ailment, Mm -hmm. then like we just see like the care drop more and more and more. And this is actually part of why I feel so passionately about this work. So I have been a birth worker for seven or eight years now. And I still absolutely fucking love it because when I got pregnant nine years ago or however long ago it was, like nobody told me any of these things. Yeah. And while I love to think that we've made a lot of, a lot of changes, the like <laughs> nitty gritty of it is still yeah. so entrenched in shame that people are hearing about postpartum depression, which is amazing. And they're hearing about postpartum anxiety, yeah. which is great. But what they're not hearing about is like what that actually looks like. Like, right. can I give a, a quick example? For I folks? love examples. Okay. Awesome. So something that I see a lot with my clients is, so when we talk about anxiety, particularly, we want to talk about like, is it impacting your day-to-day functioning? Right. Right. So for a lot of new parents, they can be nervous about going up and down the stairs with their baby, right? Yeah. That is, that is scary. You're taking care of this new thing that you just birthed or, you know, or adopted or however you've come to have your baby. Right. And now you like need to move through the world with it, which it, it's normal that that would be stressful. Sure. Totally normal. However, if you are not going up and down the stairs because of that anxiety, That's when we need to talk about getting some supports in place because then that anxiety is now impacting your day-to-day functioning. Talk to me about supports. You, You have said multiple times now, getting supports in place. What does that mean? Oh yeah, totes. Um, so it means different. <laughs> Did you just say totes to me. Totes, totes, totes. totes. Um, anyway, <laughs> guys, I'm still cool. All right, come on. <laughs> you are cool. This like, is amazing. <laughs> so support looks really different for everybody. So yeah. I know, like for me personally, support looked like we have a perinatal mental health clinic where I live. 
It's amazing. I know. That's it's amazing. amazing. I live in Canada. Also, I want to know. Oh, so that's universal. Why. <laughs> Sorry. That's why. And so when I went to the perinatal mental health clinic, which I also didn't, it wasn't like a known thing. My midwife told me after my husband was like, hey, babe, you, <laughs> you've tried every day for the past 31 <laughs> I think we should talk to your midwife about that. And I was like, okay, that's probably. Oh my God. Right. And even when I went in to talk to my midwife, I still yeah. was like, everything's fine. And Max was like, Mm. yeah tis yeah. not fine not fine <laughs> <laughs> I love the like uh you've been crying for 30 days straight mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the water level is rising <laughs> in the apartment right all right yeah. so for you it was going into this center yes. so Go I went ahead. to my midwife and they referred me to this clinic and so the clinic was phenomenal I actually the woman who was the lead of the clinic at the time is now a very close friend of mine she's just (laughs) this like really rad badass feminist woman that is dedicated to like taking the suckiness out of parenthood also she's so rad and so in that so I started talk therapy with her and they also provide you the opportunity to see a psychiatrist yeah And so a psychiatrist, just in case anyone doesn't know, a psychiatrist is somebody in the mental health field that helps in regards to medication. Yes. Whereas a psychologist would, or a therapist would be somebody that does talk therapy. So I had the best of both worlds in that scenario. And so I started medication and I will like happily, I'm probably a lifer. I'm on Sertraline. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've been on and off in the past. And this time around, I'm like. Do I have to stop this? Let's just settle this in. This is making things so easy. I can't believe how hard I was working. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. I hear this so much about parents. Like, I'm working so hard to be happy. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that. it's really hard to, like, be happy when you're consciously trying to be happy. Right? Like, it's, it's like trying to go to sleep when you're consciously trying to, to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Totes. Totes. Totes agree on this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. What else can support look like? Because everybody here knows that I am also pro talk therapy and medication. And I will always emphasize that if you are on medication, if you can go hand in hand with talk because mm-hmm. they are serving sort of two separate roles, but together they make <sighs> such a huge difference. So I just always encourage yeah. that. Yeah. I also do want to like, too, that it can be hard. And this, we actually have a, this yep. is very interesting timing. We have a workshop coming up um, in a couple of months around perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and racial disparity and disclosure. Because for me, like I, I am white and it felt safe for me to seek out support. Correct. But there is a very, very real fear and danger for other folks that are seeking support for their mental health. So I do want to flag that, like, I have lots of privilege and that I was able to get that support without that fear. Yeah, well, and that in Canada, it was all in the same place. For me, it was that I had the privilege of finally finding a therapist, right? And then from there, it was several weeks trying to find a psychiatrist and one that I could see, like I could actually get into. And then I constantly think about my privilege of having the patience to even deal with the system, right? And to know how to deal with the system. And we in America tend to be very 
figure it out yourself. And if yeah. you've, if you're pregnant or if you have just had a baby enter your house, it is viable that you don't, re- you walk out of the store with a gallon of milk in the bottom of your stroller that you just didn't pay for. And yep. it's like, what did I just do? Right? Like, just stole some milk. Yeah, just stole some milk. And now yeah. it's like, now navigate the mental health system in our country. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you are of color, like this was just recently at the beginning of April was maternal mental health awareness month here in America with the first week really being dedicated to people of color. It is amazing. Anyway, yeah. continue. I just want to say thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. And to just acknowledge the nuance to all of this, right? I'm also in like a heterosexual marriage, right? Yeah, exactly. Cis presenting. So these are barriers that I didn't ha- I didn't have to overcome to g- gain that access. So this is actually a big role that we're seeing, especially within the pandemic, that birth workers, also known as doulas, um, that yeah. this is actually a role that we're filling a lot, both oh. in regards to emotional support. So as birth workers, we provide emotional support, but it's not therapy. It's very much like just active listening, having somebody that's actually not judging you for any of the choices that you're making. But we're yeah. also there for that physical support. So As postpartum doulas, we really want to encourage parents to be getting sleep. So lots of times, you know, I'll come over thinking, you know what, I'm going to like support, I'm going to get some food ready, you know, I'm going to, you know, get some laundry folded, I'm going to really help this parent. And they are just like, can you just take this baby? I'm going to go sleep for six (laughs) hours. I'm like, great. And the answer is, yes, I can. I will do that. Sure. Give me a baby. And I like overnights, not all postpartum doulas like overnights, but I love overnight shifts because you just, the person gets to wake up in the morning and I always go in and make the bed. After they wake up, there was oh, something so, so nice. lovely about having someone else make your bed. Make your bed. All right. Also, we're going to have to stop talking. But before we do, I also have to say the language of saying a birth worker doing an overnight shift carries such less baggage than a night nurse or a night nanny or some of the terminology that's Use very frequently, at least here. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, you need somebody to come in at night. And I absolutely refused because it felt, I don't know, it played on yep. social justice, I don't know, grossness. It felt like, Ugh, right? Like it's not something we could really afford, even if that was something you were offering. And it just carried connotations that I couldn't rest with. And now I'm like, God damn, that was, I should have done it. But- <laughs> Having that sort of language like that, that makes it seem like a totally reasonable thing to have somebody come over. I'm like, God, ah, everybody, just changing the words. Let's do it. Let's work some night shifts, everybody. Let's get some parents some sleep. Because we have to stop because otherwise we will go for three hours Mm -hmm. or longer. I want to say thank you, obviously, for coming on. I also want to say thank you for the work that you and the others are doing at Babo Mia. I just want to tell everybody, if you want to get involved in some really great feminist activist work, parenthood is a great place to do that. And it is a great place to learn ways to support others in our communities 
And it might also help you. And, you know, that is open to everybody, regardless of how you identify Mm -hmm. to be a carer, caregiver. I also appreciate the lens that you're bringing to it. Again, it's just a reminder that the more we look outside of our intimate surroundings, the more we are exposed to Mm -hmm. and how that can really help put perspective on things. So I, I appreciate the work you're doing. I see you and thank God you rescued that cat. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. I love that. And thank you for having me. I also do want to add that if anybody wants to check out the courses at Babomia, absolutely. We've actually prepared a discount for your audience. What? So, yeah, I know. So if you put in. It feels like we're like a giveaway <laughs> show or something. You get, it, you, get, you get a discount. You become a maternal health worker. Yes. And you do. Love it. Um, so if you use the code OBM, so one bad mother 15, all caps, you will get 15% yeah. off any course that we are oh offering. Oh my gosh. Guys, that's so nice. Everybody do that. So we're going to link everybody up to where they can use that code and find out more about these classes, as well as just more about the amazing community that is over there. Again, it's babomia.com, right? That's that simple. simple. (laughs) That's simple. But we'll link it because none of us remember anything anymore. Meg, thank you so much. And I appreciate you. Thank you. I loved this. This was a delight. Thank oh, yes. you so oh, much. By the way, by the way, clearly best friend is correct. We're now best friends. So. <laughs> I lived up to the height. <laughs> that was it. That was all we had to do. Excellent. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Guys, I love Bombas. I love Bombas socks. I am a longtime and loyal Bombas socks wearer. They also have shirts and underwear, and these these are just as good in quality as those socks. They are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight, so they hang just right. And let me remind us all that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters. And that is why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Go to bombas.com slash badmother and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash badmother for 20% off. Bombas.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. However, you and your family like to spend your time during the spring planting a vegetable garden, flying kites at a local park, whatever it is, this is the perfect time for kids to explore the world around them. So why not support that natural curiosity with projects that are designed to teach them about everything from rainbows to rocket ships. KiwiCo creates the most amazing project kits. I gotta tell you, 
in Ellis's room right now, it is like a museum to all of the different KiwiCo projects we have done over the years, from a perpetual motion machine to our trebuchet project that we did. And again, there's something for kids of all ages and there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel any time. Step into spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. My genius this week, I think, reflects back on uh, what I was saying at the start of the show. I heard some hot gossip, or as the teens like to say, they were spilling some tea. Some tea was spilt. And when I heard it from my child, because my child is willing to tell me everything, all I wanted to do was call every adult I knew and be like, oh my God, did you hear? <laughs> did you hear this? Did you hear that this kid did this and that kid did that? And then another one did this? And whoa, why are people so surprised? Oh my God. And I, I really sat with myself and said, do, do not do this. This serves no purpose other than you find it enjoyable. And, <laughs> and not everyone that you want to talk to about it might be able to separate sort of the ha 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 kids are kids. And oh my God, this is out to destroy the lives of small people and their families. So I was really, now I, I did marry somebody who I can do this with. So I did that. Anyway, I am very pleased with myself. But I am learning control, especially as my oldest enters the teen years. I have a feeling this is going to be helpful. Okay, this is a genius moment. <laughs> is You'll appreciate this. I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and we have a car, which is maybe kind of a fail. <laughs> um, but part of having the car is that we have to move it once a week. And because my husband goes into the office right now, me and my five-month-old are responsible for moving the car every week. Ugh. So no. today, that coincided with her nap time, which just always really pisses me off. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to mom up, and I am going to just make it work. So <laughs> I got in the car, and I loaded her up, and she didn't cry, which is shocking and she just kind of drifted off to sleep because I timed everything perfect and we drove around for like 15 minutes and then I found another place to park that wasn't street sweeping and she's still asleep which is why I'm whispering um so all of that in and of itself is a genius but I also brought a crocheting project 
so that I could sit in the car and not just like tap on my phone and instead work on my crocheting project, which I never have time for when I'm in the house and there are a million other things to do. But right now I'm trapped in my car and my daughter is sleeping and I'm calmly working on my crocheting project for my cousin's wedding. And it just feels like really big genius that I had to share with you guys. I love the show. I've been binge listening since I started Unternity Leave five months ago. All right. I'm going to go before my baby wakes up. Bye, guys. Love the show. Bye. (laughs) Okay. First, you're doing a very good job. I don't want to wake the baby. Okay. You're doing a wonderful job. You're in Park Slope. So at any moment, somebody could have walked by who didn't have kids and giving you an eat shit look. (laughs) Why do you have a baby in your car? You shouldn't have a parking space. I loved being a parent in Park Slope a long time ago. This is so genius. And you did an amazing job, like, five months? No one wants to go move a car with a five-month-old. No one wants to do shit with a five-month-old. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are many people who get up and do a lot of stuff with a five-month-old, and I salute them. But just, uh, oh, now we have to get everybody in. And then we got to go to the car. I got to the car seat. Then we got to, like, move the car. We got to go back and forth and parallel park. In and out. In and out. And then we have to drive around the block and no one's waiting for stop signs in New York. Everybody's walking in front of you with the, whether the light's changing or not. It's a lot of work. And there's a good chance your kid could scream the entire time. This indicates that you might be a witch, which I think is exciting because somehow all the ingredients came together perfectly. And you are doing an amazing job. And good luck binge listening. I can't imagine how fast our kids age and the insane things that we might have thought were totally normal (laughs) like eight years ago. And now I'm like, oh, wow. When you binge one bed mother, expect to watch us grow a lot. (laughs) Anyway, you're doing a very good job. Failures. You suck. Fail me, me. I can. I never have a problem remembering what my failures are. Again, not going to refer back to the jelly beans, but we have a birthday party. Not us. My Ellis's friend is having a birthday party. Outdoor, tie-dyeing, all the good stuff. And I know, I was like, Ellis, what do you know about your friend? What kind of thing would your friend like? Now, I love this kid the friend, because she wants to be a volcanologist. Now, I I just love any eight-year-old who's like, yeah, I'm going in volcanoes one day. That seems like that is the exact job for me. So I went on Amazon and I found several great books. And I was smart enough to look for the books on Tuesday of this week. The party is on Saturday. So they would need to get to us by Friday. I never ordered them. And it's Friday. And the party is tomorrow. And we have no volcano books. And you would be surprised at how hard it is to find a reasonable selection of books about volcanoes. So you're not giving a kid who already knows a lot about volcanoes like a, it's a volcano book for kindergartners, right? Like, no, no, this kid wants like, ah. So I will be scrambling after the show at the local bookstore, who I love supporting, would much rather be buying a book from, with the hopes that they have at least one book 
on volcanoes. So that, yeah, I really, really should have taken care of that. Hi, Biz. Calling in with a fail here. Today is April Fool's Day. I've been a mom for 15 years. I should know better. It's April Fool's Day. My kids love to prank me. They play the same prank every year. They do the little spray nozzle hose on the sink situation. I even helped my daughter conspire, my 8-year-old, conspire last night how she was going to prank her dad, all of the details of how she was going to ask him for water, and he was going to turn on the water, and then the sprayer would shoot him in the face. Then this morning, do you think I remembered that? No, no. I did not. I did not remember having that conversation at all. And so once <laughs> I decided to wash my hands, guess what happened? I got sprayed in the face with the same prank that I helped set up, but I yeah. totally forgot about it, and I soaked the whole counter and the floor and myself, and it was just a fail. So happy April Fools, everybody! Congratulations, you are the fool of April. <laughs> just, I love. I love this fail so much because this is happening in homes everywhere. The number of times I've done something the night before and then completely forgotten that I did it. I mean, whether it is making something to take to the school, whether it is, hey, lots of times for the show, maybe it's lunch or a project, either way. You just walk out the next day and you had no memory of having done it. And and the real fuck you about this fail is that you got it right in the face. And I'm I'm very sorry. I hope that no one is around to watch uh, the Fool of April get her crown. But uh, yeah, yeah, don't tell anybody that at work. No one will... Everyone will think something's really weird. Secretly, though, you're doing a good job. Just not at this. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this year's Max Fun Drive. If you're a member who wants to purchase additional patches, our annual shop is now live. The proceeds for this year's sale will be going to Trans Lifeline. Anytime is a good time to donate to Trans Lifeline, but this year it feels particularly important. Trans Lifeline is a nonprofit for the trans community by the trans community. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help Trans Lifeline connect trans folks to the support and resources they need to survive and thrive. The sale will run until Friday, May 20th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the patches from the drive. We also have a special network patch starring Nutsy that all members can purchase. For more information on Trans Lifeline, visit translifeline.org. And for more information on the patches, head to MaximumFun.org slash patch sale. 
Hey, this is Alden Ford. And Mujan Zofagari. And we are here with all the other creators of Mission to Zix. Hello. Hey. You're not going to say our names, too? No, no. It's a short promo. Yeah. 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 Sort of speed Now, through. with the end of our fifth and final season just a few weeks away, we want to say thank you to Maximum Fun and to every single one of you who has listened to and supported Mission to Zix. Thank you. And if you haven't checked it out, well, Mission to Zix is an improvised space opera with blockbuster quality sound design, a score performed by an actual 60 piece orchestra and hilarious guest comedians on every episode and as our final episodes air now is the perfect time to jump on board mm-hmm. that's mission to zix z-y-x-x on maximum fun okay everybody it is time to snuggle up and listen to a mom have a breakdown hi this is a rant i made a TikTok video of the back seat of my car, which admittedly was very filthy because I have two small kids who trash it and, you know, we're busy people and we don't clean it all the time. I have a very small TikTok account and I thought maybe, you know, like 10 people would see it. For whatever reason, it went viral and it got 1.3 million views. Oh my God. And... It also got thousands and thousands of comments about how I am a terrible parent, about how my kids are neglected, or my kids are lazy for doing that. Just every comment was horrible and negative about how I need to have my kids taken away, that I don't deserve to have kids, my kids are better off without me, and it got so bad that I ended up having to delete my account because of this video that I thought was just funny and relatable. So I don't understand why the whole internet can't just be like the one bad mother universe. (laughs) You know, we've got a, a great place here, but that is not the rest of the internet. Apparently parents should be able to talk about their real lives without the judgment. So, yeah, that sucked. That was very, very eye-opening. But I appreciate the show, and I very much appreciate the environment that you guys have created. It's a very nice place to be, and the rest of the world <laughs> is is not right now. So thanks so much for the show. Thanks for all you do. You guys are doing a great job. You are doing a remarkable job. That is an actual horror show that just happened. That is, God, I I am just so deeply sorry that that is something you had to experience. I am 100% on board with you that I it should just be a fun. I can't believe you have a small TikTok. And then it went viral because then I, I heard you say viral. And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And then like over a million. And you're like, what the fuck? Was George Clooney hiding in the back of your car? Like what could possibly have been in the car? I have shared pictures of my car with you guys. You guys know it's an experiment happening all the time under a seat. Like Ellis's car seat doesn't come up from the back seat because of all the granola that has like wedged down there because 
who the fuck has time to go clean up their car? Because the moment you do, you're going to pick your kid up again. Your kid's going to get in the car and trash it again. And no one wants to drive around yelling at their kids, stop spilling stuff in the car. You have to get from A to B. It is your right to have a car full of garbage. Okay? It, it really is. And it is not a reflection. It certainly isn't a reflection on your parenting job. Jesus. Good Lord. I really sort of hope, and I don't know if you did, but let us know. I hope that you will take that picture and, and put it on the One Bad Mother group Facebook. Because I would love to bask in the normalness of that picture. And it, it just serves as a reminder that there are some real assholes out there. And there are, we've always on the show tried to think about how to maybe help people stop being an asshole because sometimes they don't know they're doing it or sometimes they're motivated by something just completely weird that we can't see. But social media is no place for anything. Like, I, I just, I feel like a good trick, if you are not of the one bad mother mindset of this is a rant or not seeking advice or just posting. If you can't go into the world that way and something comes up on your social media, don't respond. <laughs> it's like telling, it's like asking, you know, a pregnant woman if you could touch her, right? Like, no, you can't. It's like talking about somebody's weight. Don't. It's like talking about how like a kid is doing something, right? Like, don't do it. <laughs> just don't. And I think, again, that you're doing a fair, you should be able to post. Let me make sure that I'm very clear. I'm not saying don't put shit on the internet. If you want to put shit on the internet, fucking go for it. It's the rest of us who need to check ourselves before we comment. And I am, again, so sorry that this is something you had to experience. Because I know how, like, um, you're already tired. And this is just to add on top of the more you already have. So you are doing a very good job. Everybody, I am still riding very high from my conversation with Meg. What a difference, a change in how we say things can make in how we approach things and how we view things, especially ourselves. It's like a kid gets into your house and you immediately start feeling like shit <laughs> about it. And it, it's really hard not to. And I love this idea of creating more and more ways for us to support each other. And I think Babo Mia is really onto something. So I encourage you guys to go check that out. And as always, you're doing a remarkable job. It is okay if your car is completely disgusting. It is okay if, I don't know, do you guys remember when I backed out of my driveway and I just ripped off the entire bumper because I was trying to get to the school in time to pick up the kid? I mean, like, I only went two feet. I just ripped it right off. It was very simple to do, everybody. <laughs> it's just, you know, is there bread 
Is there a bag of bread somewhere? There's a bag of bread in my pantry, guys. That's very old. And it's not a whole thing of bread. It's got like three pieces in it. And I keep buying new bread, but not throwing away that one bag of bread. I am not a horrible person. I just am too fucking busy to throw away that one thing of bread. And by God, can't somebody else throw that bread away? This is what I mean. You're doing a remarkable job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that's right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.